Welcome to the Community Conversation, brought to you by Prototype Training Systems, home of CrossFit Prototype. The Community Conversation highlights a different member of the Prototype community each week and allows them to tell their story, share their life experience, and communicate their perspective on all things fitness. We've all listened to podcasts and watched YouTube videos that highlight some of the world's greatest leaders and visionaries that share their knowledge and expertise in some capacity. Community Conversation allows you to get to know some of the amazing people at Prototype. After all, we all have our own unique stories and purpose to why we are pursuing a better version of ourselves. So turn up the volume and listen up. Your new episode starts right now. All right. Welcome to the Community Conversation. This is episode 32 featuring Mark DiRienzo. Some will refer to him as Mark DiRienzo. I honestly don't know how it's pronounced, but... Uh, Mark is just an overall awesome guy. He's been a member of the ProTape community since its near inception. He's got a funny story how he started at the gym, how he walked in and just pulled one of the biggest alpha moves ever. But we got a lot of great stuff in this episode. Mark talks a little bit about mindset, talks about his family, talk a little golf, all the fun stuff. Overall, really great episode that we have for you today to get your week started. So I appreciate you tuning in to hear about Mark and his story and how he started at Prototype. And, uh, and yeah, it's going to be a good one. So check it out. That is starting for you right now. All right. We got the legendary Mark Dirienzo. 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 Um, for you guys that are listening, if you don't know Mark, then you probably haven't been to the gym very long because it's not. It doesn't take a long time to uh, get to know Mark. He's uh, he's loud. He doesn't listen very well, um, and he's incredibly handsome. So, uh, and he makes some really really uh, cute kids. We can talk about that as we go through the community conversation. But please, Mark, I appreciate you being on today. Uh, it means a lot to me. And uh, and yeah, man, my pleasure, Mikey. It's good speaking with you. So, yeah, dude. So, um, Mark, why don't you kind of give everyone a little bit of context in you, how you kind of like found CrossFit, found prototypes, like your whole fitness journey. And uh, we'll kind of start from there. Yeah, it's got to be over eight years now, right? I think because um, we still had the, or you still had the the uh, turf going through the middle of the gym. When I first joined, the pull-ups bars were only on the side where the uh, barbells are now. So there's tons of open space. Um, so I got into, I mean, I'd always kind of worked out or gone to the gym or done stuff like that. And then I just kind of got boring doing the same old, same old. So I started just searching different things. And I was at, at the time, uh, North Pro Fitness, I think it was, um, or Encompass or something like that. They're in the center of town in North Pro. And I started doing their boot camps. And um, so I started Googling like boot camp workouts. And then I came across a video of uh, Miko Salo um, doing seal fit. So, and then I, Miko was like blowing away all these seals in this training. And so I started doing some research on who Miko Salo was and then came across CrossFit. So then I moved into a gym in Northboro called uh, Project J Fitness. And the guy was super into CrossFit, really awesome guy, uh, just great, great person. And his gym was kind of set up more like a CrossFit gym with like no real machines, just kind of like weights and stuff like that. And so we were doing um, CrossFit main site workouts to the best of our ability. 
And then I just, I wanted more. So that's when I started, you know, kind of going around and meeting different people. And I think you remember, right. I walked in and you know, I was talking to you about the gym and you know, what it, you have to do. And you were talking about, um, what was it? it wasn't virtuosity at the time. What was it called? It was called elements. Elements. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do elements. You're like, yeah, from a safety standpoint. And I'm like, well, what if I can do muscle ups? And I just walked over to the rings. And uh, what an was, alpha move. Yeah, trying to do muscle ups <laughs> to show you I didn't need to do elements. So that's kind of how I found it. Um, and I think the first, one of the first weeks was the open workout um, where it was, it was something with rowing. There was 50 toe to bar. Um, then there was wall balls and then there was 30 cleans or something like that. It was like mm-hmm. 60, 50, 40, 30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it crushed me. But it, at that point I was, I was hooked. Yeah. So you, you all, in. I remember the day you came in, you're like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna do some muscle ups and you jump on the rings. All right. I forget, I forget what the next thing was, but I was like, I already like this guy. This guy's walking in here <laughs> doing this. It's hysterical. It was funny. And then it was so young too man that was a long long time ago you know before you that was when you had hair. hair that was when you had hair and i had and, and i had, had a little hair. bit more of mine yeah yeah i had yep. hair you had grass going down the middle of your gym that's hair. right that's right we had a lot of ha- hair growing out well, actually you know it's probably that's where all our hair went is into that is into that turf yeah my As hair went fact. to uh the three kids running around upstairs but <laughs> um you mentioned uh miko salo um I don't know if you remember this, but he did an open workout. Um, I forget what it was. But I think it was like that never-ending Fran thing. It was like three rounds of yep. like 15, 15. And he did it in like this, like the rogue garage, like rogue like facility in like somewhere Sweden. in Europe. And it was Sweden. Yeah, Sweden. And it was like dark, silent. There was like three people there just watching him, no music. And it looked like it was like a supper fest. And then he said something like about like, you know, oh man, you just like crushed that workout. You should be like dying. Like, why aren't you like on the, your, the ground on your back? And he said, like, that's like the position that like animals take when they're like, you know, yep. something around those lines, like that they're, that they're like vulnerable or that they're giving up. He's like, oh, you know, I'll never go on my back. Last, and it's like, last his, his mind is, death. what was that? Last position before death. Dude, that guy was mentally, like he still is. Cause you can see, so it's like Sisu or something like that. I think Sisu. that's like his. S-I-S-U. Yeah. Yeah. You remember too, like, so there was no music. It was by himself and he was in sweatpants. Right. And he was in like, uh, he started off in like a rogue hoodie and then he was just in a t-shirt and they asked him, you know, if he had a goal and he, all he said was one more than Froney. Awesome. At the time, you know, Rich was at the top and he did, he beat him. He did one more than Froning. He only did workouts mm-hmm. once. But he got injured that year, didn't he? Like, he didn't he tear an abdomen or something? Yeah, he did some. He did something. Something happened to him. But uh, I remember him like tipping those pull-ups too. They were they weren't like you know the bu- traditional butterfly or even like a, it was just like a kind of like a modified yeah. version of something in between that. But I mean, yeah, that guy. You're into that stuff. There, you're into these like mentally strong like things. Like you said, you've worked out done like a workout with David Goggins. You're, I think you're the one that turned me on to um, "Can't Hurt Me." Um, yeah. Like, how did you? Like, has that been always like a mindset thing? Has that always been something you've been into? Because I feel like that's something that you've talked a lot about or you've like, you're, you're into is like the whole, that, that, that sort of stuff. I wouldn't say 
it's something I've always been into. Like I've always, I mean, I wasn't a very good athlete, like in high school, you know, I played multiple sports, but I wasn't very good. I was like, you know, third line hockey, um, you know, in high school, I ran track, I was fairly slow, but I could pull vault, you know, so I did like these alternate stuffs and, you know, I tried to do every different sport and kind of, as I get older, I just, I don't know, I just, um, I just wanted to try to challenge myself more, find people that I could find motivation from. And so, you know, originally, you know, when I got into CrossFit, it was Miko Salo. And then I remember, you know, Goggins talked about this when he watched the SEAL videos, you know, those first SEAL videos and learning about how weak and buds and all that stuff. And, you know, always trying to find motivation there and just trying to find people that seem to not possess all the athletic ability in the world, never had like a leg up or a gift or, you know, um, had all the financial freedom to, to do everything, want to have other people help them, just did it on their own. And I always got kind of inspired by that stuff. Like I'm not a big reader. Like I've, you know, struggled my whole life with ADD. So sitting down and reading a book was something I could never do, but I always found myself able to read those books, like a Goggins type of books or, there's a book Eric Rogers turned me on to called with the old breed and talking about, you know, just challenging times that people went through. Um, and it kind of just, I found motivation with that. And yeah, I was fortunate enough to work out with Goggins. That was an unbelievable experience. I find his story to be impeccable. And I feel like there's all these, you know, motivational speakers that they got nothing to show for it. They're just paid speakers. They just get paid to talk about motivation when their actions don't back up what they're saying. And when you find people that can put that all together, you know, to me, that is, that's something special. And, you know, especially if their background isn't coming from a place of privilege or, you know, extreme athletic pedigree and they're able to do it. You know, I find that pretty inspirational. That's awesome. So it's important for me to hear too. You talk about motivation, like what keeps you motivated? You've been working out and training like for eight years doing this stuff. Like you've, kind of gone through like I don't want to say the ringer but like you've kind of have, have achieved like different le like you know levels of fitness you've been able to do like you talked about the muscle ups you can do a lot of higher higher level stuff and like so what has kept you motivated and keep driving towards like excellence I want to be a badass 90 year old um <laughs> I don't you know my old man is is 71 um and he sends me videos of you know deadlift prs um that he's doing you know he's never really been into crossfit but he likes to lift he likes to stay in shape um and he can play baseball with his nephew with his grandson you know my son um who's 11 and he can you know he'll do flips into the pool to try to cannonball the kids and you know um i want that and i want that well into my 70s and 80s and you know i'm a I'm a big believer in, you know, some of the things that CrossFit has brought to me is, you know, um, the gift of what your body is and what it's capable of doing. Um, and the, really the, I, I guess the, the problem with chronic disease and the self-inflicted things that we do to ourselves or could prevent from ourselves and the body really does for most people, there's obviously tragic situations where things that you can't control, but most of us can control the manner in which we live our lives and our ability to do what we want to do and how we want to age. Um, and I want to, I, I want 
fitness and exercise to be something that is routine in my house for my kids, um, that they see mom and dad, like, you know, being exercising and eating right and doing all these things. And it's not like a, a, um, a strenuous thing or something we regret doing something that is just part of our lives. So that's it. And I'd be lying if I say it wasn't vanity too. Right. You know, uh, I, I like to try to look good on the beach or, you know, feel good or, you know, um, I don't know. It's, it's a culmination of a lot of different things. I like, I like being able to do different things and continually try to push myself and, and I want to be super fit for a very, very, very long time. I don't ever want to not be able to do something because, you know, it's, it's it re- inquires, or requires a, a physical ability I don't have. Well, I call you Mr. GQ. Um, <laughs> but like for the people that like are out there that, you know, that aren't, you might not have that like mentality, but maybe have a desire to get in better shape. Like what's your, you said your, your dad, you kind of like got your dad into like CrossFit. Like wh- how do you communicate or how do you like, wh- how would you talk to those folks that like want to lead a better lifestyle, but have, you know, maybe you've gotten in their own way to an extent. Yeah. I think it's kind of where my professional career and my personal career kind of intersect. So uh, for those who don't know, I, you know, company banner in the background, I work for Lincoln financial, but I'm an account executive for one of their long-term care policies or long-term care products. So I'm intimately aware of what end of life is. You know, there's a statistic out there of everybody talks about what the average lifespan is, but more importantly, it's the average health span. And the United States, our our average health span is less than almost any, you know, um, advanced country. We spend about 12 years of our average life in an unhealthy state. And so you know, for people that I have the ability to talk to, or, you know, talking to my dad, who's, it's already something he knows about, but strength is one of those biggest things. Like, you know, what keeps you out of a nursing home? What keeps you from having a need? The policies that, you know, my company sells is strength. You know, it it sounds crude, but can you get up and down from the toilet when you're in your eighties? That's what keeps you home, right? Those simple little things. Can you get up and down the stairs? If you fall, can you get up? Um, and so, you know, for people that, you know, may see the, the gymnastics or the muscle ups or the, you know, the huge deadlifts of CrossFit, um, you know, that's, that's not it. It's, it's really should be defined simply as functional fitness. Um, and that's what I try to talk to people about. And I think that's the most impressive thing about the majority of the community that you've built inside prototype. It's, it's not all about, you know, the muscle ups, the deadlift PRs, the, you know, crazy cleans. It's, the functional fitness, you know, you think about how many lives you've affected over, you know, the last decade or so since I've been there, it's, it's pretty amazing. So as I try to talk to people, or if I do talk to people or they ask me why I do it, you know, that's kind of it. It's because my work life and my profession and my personal life kind of collide. And one is preventative and one is taking care of issues when people don't have, you know, the self-preservation, you know, built inside from, from personal strength and, you know, functional fitness. So important. Such a good reminder. And you've like instilled that too in your family. I mean, your kids are just like, seems like they're always, always moving. Gianni's playing all these different sports. Like what's that influence? I guess you and, and uh, Christina, like the, like your, the influence that you've had on like just your lifestyle as like family, like what's that kind of like? 
I don't know if it's it's just what we do, right? It's not like you know, it it's not have to it doesn't have to be forced when it's all your kids see from an early age if they see, right? They know when I was going to the gym early, you know, dad's usually coming in as we're getting up. Oh, he was at the gym. You know, mom's on her Peloton, you know, all the time. Mom's doing yoga or meditation all the time. Like, and that's her time to do that. And it's not time to do playing, this, that, or the other thing. It's it's part of her day. She schedules it, you know, and um, it's not an emphasis on one thing versus the other. It's not like, you know, CrossFit is more important than this or more important than that. It's just moving and activity is something we do. That's That happens in our house. It's going to happen. You can't not do some activity. It doesn't have to be baseball. It doesn't have to be hockey. It doesn't have to be, you know, any particular sport, but there does have to be movement going on. Um, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's gymnastics. I really don't care what it is. Do whatever you want, but you're going to move. And I think, you know, people come, people are what their environment is that they've been created in, I believe, right? Whatever environment you can create for your child, um, you know, they're going to eventually do. And I think, you know, we've been put in a fortunate enough position where, you know, we can do some of these different things and our kids get to see it and they want to do it, right? They see the happiness um, that it provides us. We're better, I'm a better person when I work out, you know. Uh, we kind of talk about it, Christine and I, in front of the kids, like, you know, if we haven't had a couple of days where we can work out for some reason or another, you know, uh, mom's grumpy, she didn't get this in, or dad, you know, is grumpy, he didn't get this in. So they know it's, it's just an aspect of what we do. Um, and as you know, the kids do it, the other ones want to do it as well, too, because the littler kids want to always do what the bigger kids do. It kind of just is monkey see, monkey do when you have kids. And so it's kind of always been that way. Um, it's just kind of what we do. Yeah. So basically what you said is like product of the environment. That's what you are. You're a product of your kind of environment that you're in you've created this environment where it's just it is what it is they see you said monkey see monkey do so this is like what they do so but you guys have like implemented some really really good habits too and i think that's like that's kind of hard to just get that created right and i love talking about like habits. oh it's the hardest part yeah and like you know like you say like christina's like peloton yoga meditation you're working out strict with like you know pretty strict on like nutrition like what, what are some of those habits that you've kind of implemented or maybe some things that you do that, that other people may not necessarily think about or, or, or do? And, you know, I remember you used to get up like before the crack of dawn, come in and work out. I think before the gym was open back in the, uh, yeah, we opened the day it. with Jesse and everything like that. But like, what are some of those, maybe some little tips or tricks you might have for those folks that are listening right now? Boy, I don't know. Uh, that's a tough question. I think the biggest tip is, is, like, you know, so I forget who it was who said this. It, it might have been Jocko or maybe Goggins. I don't know. But, like, the biggest – one of the biggest tips I ever got was don't ever hit the snooze button because you can't start your day off with a failure. So if you set your alarm to get mm -hmm. up at 6 a.m., right, and then you hit snooze, you've already failed your first task of the day. Um, so you should never do that. Right. If you set your alarm to get up at a certain time, do it. Execute on your first task of the day and then everything else kind of falls in line. Um, so, you know, if and that's one of the, the things with uh, signing up for a class. Right. 
sign up for your CrossFit class beforehand because you know if you're gonna say you're going to the 7 a.m. You sign up for it, go to it. Like never hit that cancel button. There's extenuating circumstances that come up, particularly when you have kids, right? Things that you can't account for, you know, happen in the night or the day. Um, but I think once you kind of get in that mindset of doing what you say you're going to do, um, that, you know, words have value. Um, there's that book that Brady talked about all the time, uh, the four agreements, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them was be impeccable with your word. And it's not so much just with other people, but also with yourself. So if you tell yourself something or you challenge yourself something, um, you know, do it. Like there's no, I was going to do this, but now I got to do this. It's just do it. So I guess a tip would be, you know, find a routine, particularly with fitness and try to stick to it. Uh, don't say you'll get it in at some particular point in time today because something always comes up that can interfere. it. Um, you know, you think about, Maddie Calhoun or, or, you know, Mo or those guys, Maddie's 5.30 all the time. That's his time. That's when he works out. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about the 5 a.m. ladies. I mean, my God, you know, ever since I've been coming here, you have a group of women that get up at 4.30 or earlier all the time, every day. And, you know, I talked about the monkey see, monkey do. I think that's one of the powerful things that you've created is that there's that community accountability. So I guess another tip would be find an accountability partner where there's a mutual interest, right? Find people that believe in where you're going and have, it's not about where you've been, it's about where you want to go and where you're going. Um, and that can certainly help out. Yeah, there's so much good stuff that you just said. I love that the uh, don't hit the snooze button and you don't want to start your day with failure, execute the first task of the day. It's like, I think like it's just reframing that and thinking like that makes it so much more powerful, dude. You think about that, right? It's such like a, an innocent thing. What's the first thing everybody does is they smack their phone in the morning, right? Well, does that follow up by putting your feet on the ground? And if it doesn't, like you, when somebody, when it was said to me as you just failed your first objective of the day, like the Mm -hmm. first goal you set for yourself, you just failed. And it's kind of like that, um, the book, uh, was it, General McAllister, who's the one who wrote the book, um, Make Your Bed? Oh, you're talking about that speech. Um, that, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was McAllister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a follow-up on that, right? You, mm-hmm. Like, you, if you can't make your bed, no, Christina makes, she read that book and he spoke at her, I think he spoke at her PC commencement um, or one of her Providence College things. Um, you know, so she makes our bed every morning, so that task is done, but um, if you fail at like the first objective of the day, you know, it may not seem like a big deal, but you're setting yourself up for more wins if you win your first task. Win the morning, win the day. That's a Tim Ferriss quote. So I think, maybe not. I don't know. We could just go back and forth with quotes. I freaking love quotes. I well, let's, let's pull it back. Let's pull it back into the exercise things. Um, so I, you know you've been doing CrossFit for a while now, and even before you got a prototype. Any like workouts or, or, or things that kind of stick out in your mind? Maybe like your favorite um, slash maybe some of the hardest ones that you've done that you want to talk a little bit about, and then kind of adding to that, like uh, maybe talk, start talking about you know, what are some of your favorite like moments being at like the gym because we've done a lot of different stuff Boy, together. We've done a lot of stuff, Mikey. I mean. Um... My favorite workout by far is Holy Man. Uh, 30 rounds, uh, five wall balls, three handstand push. No, 
yeah, five wall balls, three handstand push-ups, uh, one clean. I have not been able to do it RX yet because the clean is 225. Um, I think my record is 27 minutes at 210 mm -hmm. um, for the clean. But to me, that is that workout is such a mental grind because the first six or seven rounds are so easy. Yep, slide through it. Do this mm -hmm. forever. Then you get into tr round 12 to like 18 and you feel like it's never going to end. And then you start getting this extra boost of energy that you don't expect right around round 21. I just, I absolutely love that workout. I think it's, it epitomizes CrossFit. Um, it epitomizes the mental and physical aspect of CrossFit and it hits every single, you know, muscle group variable. It's like a crazy body pump. Uh, the hardest workout for me, I think I've ever done is probably hot shots. Um, mm. That one kills me. Uh, that's the one time I almost passed out uh, doing that workout. Um, <laughs> uh, just a disclaimer, don't pass out when you're in a workout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, some of the open thruster rolling workouts are brutal, but, you know, mm. there's, they're not, they're not 40 minutes, you know what I mean? Hot shots is just brutal. Uh, some mm -hmm. moments that stand out. I mean, my God, there's so many of them. I, you know, when you do your first full open RX, you and I did a St. Patrick's Day uh, uh, a competition together at CrossFit Creek. Yep. We just missed uh, the finals, and we were right behind the guys from CrossFit Swamp who have been in the CrossFit regionals. Mm -hmm. right we uh, should we should we, I, I feel like there was something finicky going on with that because yeah just saying just gonna throw it out there there was right and you know remember the because uh, we had that workout where it was heavy fran it went from 95 to 135 to 155 yeah, we had this game plan um where we were switching back and forth on the on the the thrusters and the pull-ups um mm. the first uh what was it called? Not the hero. Twenty fours that we did was unbelievable. Twenty four heroes, yeah, yep. Uh, awesome. First one we did that, and then one of the battle of the ages we did with Big Todd down the cave. Yep. Mm -hmm. That was amazing as well too. So I mean, I'm sure I'm missing something, um, but there's been there's been a lot of good ones. Um, you know, making Brent French do tequila shots and pegs was pretty fun. Um, I don't think he's done tequila shots in. Yeah. So, there's been there's been a lot of good ones um yeah I, I you know i told you this like i i'd give up golf before i gave up prototype it's uh it's too it's big that's big being a single digit handicap guy like yourself not for long man i'm playing so bad right now at least i play faster than doc though you're yeah you're playing faster than, than doc doc if you're listening it's i think it's on a daily occurrence at this point that mark makes fun of you um, I wanted to touch back on the 24 heroes and how special that was. I think you and you're, you're the one that kind of got that thing. You and Brent, I think got that rolling Brent, a couple of years ago. Brent, um, sent out a text to you and I, I think mm -hmm. I replied, I'm all in, um, you offered up the space and the time, and then we just ran with it and it kind of flew by the seat of our pants in regards to how we were going to do it. And it, it, like everything that you do, it kind of comes together and it came together unbelievably. That was, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. This past year was, was tough to do.
do it. We still did it. You're going to do all 24 next year or this year? Yeah, I said I'm going to plan to. Hopefully, I got to get going to. I got to get my uh, visits up a little bit at the gym. Um, you know, I'm I'm slacking a little bit. So I told you one of my goals this year was to take 250 classes this year, and I'm I'm a little bit behind the eight ball. So I'm going to pick it up. I'll use that as motivation. I can tell you where you're at at the end of uh, after we get no, offline please. here. I don't want to. It's not good. I guess ignorance is bliss, right? I'm probably below 100 right now. We'll take a look. Might not be as bad as you think. Take a look. Um, So, Marky Mark, I want to get into the uh, the Spitfire round of questions. It's not really a Spitfire, but they're going to go slow. Um, Question numero uno is, what is your favorite um, movie and TV show of all time? And then, Flash, what are you currently binge watching right now? You can't favorite say golf movie. tournament, huh? Favorite movie of all time is Godfather yeah. 2. Favorite TV show is or was Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations. Mm. Um, what are we binge watching right now? Nothing, really. We just finished um, Yellowstone, which was awesome. I watched but, like, I feel like I watched a few episodes of that and it was like awesome. And then I stopped watching it. I get back into it. Yeah, but there's a lot decided, of twists. There are a lot of twists going on in that show. Oh, dude, there's a million twists. You know, it, it's, but it was good. Um, we decided to kind of take a break because I wanted to get back into reading a little bit, um, and I just got a new book from Daniel Pink uh, that I'm I'm trying to uh, get into. So uh, we're taking because I yeah I'm like an idiot. I'll stay up late and watch like four episodes because you really only get like. The kids mm. go to bed in the summertime at like 9 30, 10. And so mm. we get like no time to ourselves. So we stay up till, you know, midnight watching shows. It's stupid. What's the book by Daniel Pink? Do you know? Uh, it's a Cell is Human, uh, it's called. So I just saw this guy speak. Um, and he is in English, English or Australian, I forget. Um, and he talks about the mental aspect of sales. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously that's what I'm in. So. Uh, it's a quick read, so I'm going to get into that. I read his book, Drive, a while ago. Yeah. Daniel Pink, he's got, he's got some good stuff. I just read a, uh, so if you if you want to read more, I, just, I can add another book to your list, which I think you would absolutely love. It's called Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits? Yeah, by uh, James Clear. It's spectacular. It's, not, it's like, I feel like it's like maybe four-ish hour audible. So like I listen to maybe a chapter or two every time I walk my dog, like, you know, 15, 20 minute chapters. Um, and it's just awesome. And it gives you like actionable stuff. He's got a pretty cool story too. So you've you that- you read Extreme Ownership, right? Yes. Jocko, okay. I was just on a, I was an event where he was a speaker. I was just on, I don't even think I told you about that. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. an annual read for me. I got to read it every year. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. I love the I love the audible version too because you can just hear his, his voice so raw. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love the, the black and white Jocko videos at four thirty in the morning. Oh, but, just like picture of his watch, it's just like four thirty, done. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, yeah, I just love that stuff. Second question. Um, so I just went into like favorite T V show and stuff all, all the time. What's your favorite like uh what's your favorite band, musician, um, and favorite song of all time? What tune? What do you like to listen to? 
Uh, right now, I'd say my favorite musician is probably Nathaniel Rateliff. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm listening to right now is a lot of jazz. Uh, Gianni uh, is into jazz a little bit. Um, and Christine and I, before watching Yellowstone, watched Treme, which is an unbelievable series on HBO. The gentleman who did um, The Wire uh, did a series oh. on the um, post-Katrina. So it takes place three months after Katrina in New Orleans. And New Orleans, it yeah. talks about the jazz, the music scene, and uh, a lot of the uh, racial inequalities that went on in New Orleans and things like that. So mm-hmm. I got really into brass. Um, and so we got into jazz. So I've been going down like a Grant Green hole in jazz because Gianni loves it. So uh, we'll listen to some jazz, some Miles, um, Charles Erland. Uh, the Big Brass Eight is an unbelievable band out of New Orleans. Um, so I've been getting into that, a little bit of that. Dude, I wouldn't. I didn't know that you were into jazz music. And and then Gianni, how old is Gianni? Like twelve? He's eleven. Yeah, eleven. He's listening to jazz. It's awesome. It doesn't surprise me though. He was reading when he was like a year and a half, right? <laughs> he was reading early. Yeah, he was, yeah. He doesn't get it from me. His, my wife's amazing. She's brilliant. Um, she she does handles all that stuff. I don't. I was not very good in school at all, which is why I sell stuff. No, there's 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 more to being smart than just being good at school. I so agree. you got a good you got a good balance between uh, you and Elliot and your uh, and your kids. But um, favorite song of all time? You said what? What my favorite? Song? Yeah, favorite favorite song. If you could only listen to one song the rest of your life, what it, what would it be? Oof. One song. First thing comes to your mind. Uh, maybe wish you were here, Pink Floyd. I, I would say comfortably numb over that time now. Yeah, they're all good. They're all good. Usually comfortably numb. That guitar solo and comfortably numb. Oh, yeah. Sick. So yeah. sick. No, that's a good choice. If I could listen to one album, probably Alice in Chains Unplugged. Okay. Dude, so you were like a 90s guy. Yeah. yeah. used to have that uh, that long flowing hair. I saw pictures of you. Flannel yeah. shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's right. That's right. Last question, Mark. Um, what? Uh, and I, I probably know the answer to this, but uh, besides uh, working out, um, favorite hobby, favorite thing to do? Could be like you, just you, you and family. Right and now, uh, my favorite thing to do is um, my Gianni's super into baseball right now. So we're in the middle of baseball season. There's nothing I love more than watching the games. But in general, being on the beach with the kids is like literally my favorite thing on the planet to do. Um, there, I luckily have three beach babies. They all love the beach. We could stay there for 12 hours, whether it's sunny, whether it's overcast. Um, they just paddle ball, throw footballs, jump in the waves, sandcastles. They love it. Christine and I love it. It is hands down my favorite thing to do. So I can't wait next week uh you know we'll be down the cape right 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 down the street from you buddy and that's then right. um it was nice of you to volunteer to babysit too so that's gonna be awesome and then uh golf <laughs> i never, never said that but yeah sure selfish activity would be golf yeah but you play you play golf with johnny too so that's nice johnny plays golf carolina gets into it she'll play like three She's or four holes 
She's the, she's more there for the snack bar though. She's more there for what? The snack bar. The snack bar, yeah, at the turn, yeah, little snack. She likes the uh, snack awesome. bar. Yeah. Family man, well, this is awesome, Mark. Um, I appreciate you jumping on, joining, chatting for a little bit, and sharing your uh, your knowledge and wisdom. Not everyone that uh, is tuning in right now, appreciate you listening. I know this is a uh, fun conversation. So if um, again, you guys know the drill. Every Monday, we release new community conversation to get your week started. So uh, if you're a member of the Parte community and you'd like to be in the community conversation, let us know. But until next time, again, thank you, Mark. Appreciate you being on, my man. Thank you, Mikey. See you, man. It's been a blast.